0: Afternoons with me, I'm Bill Arnold. You know, i am just thinking lately how much uh, Rebecca and I here at Faith Radio, we love God's Word. We love it more than anything. And sometimes I think we should, we should just take a little time just to hear it and just to read it and just to enjoy it and let it sink in, especially if you're uh, making dinner or you're in the car on the way home and you don't want to have to focus on anything but just God's Word. For a bunch of minutes in a row. So we're going to do that. We're going to read from the book of John. And John offers so much hope and encouragement and life. And we're going to put some of my favorite music behind it. And we're just going to have a little time of reading from God's Word. The first segment of the book of John is entitled, The Word Became Flesh. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father,
1: John the Baptist denies being the Christ. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, But among you stands one you do not know, He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing.
0: John testifies about Jesus. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave the testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one.
1: Jesus' First Disciples The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, Was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. Then he brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter.
0: Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip. He said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael said. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit.
1: Jesus changes water to wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him.
0: That it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. We're going to take a little break, and we're loving the book of John. We're going to come back after a short 90-second break. All right, we are back. We're reading from the book of John. Rebecca and myself we're just got out of chapter 2 where Jesus had his first miracle, the wedding feast of Cana. Basically, his first miracle was solving a catering problem. Kind of amazing.
1: And his mom was there.
0: And his mom was there, yeah. (laughs) All right, let's pick up. Uh, We love chapter 3. I'll get started. Do you want me to start, Rebecca?
1: By all means. I love chapter 3, too.
0: Sounds good. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Well, how can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God But to save the world through him, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God.
1: testimony about Jesus. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim because there was plenty of water. People were constantly coming to be baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a man can only receive what is given him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater, I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth belongs to the earth, and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. The man who has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. To him, God gives the spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him.
0: Chapter 4, Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more again to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him,
1: you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink?
0: For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water.
1: Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds?
0: Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true.
1: Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem.
0: Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth.
1: The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us.
0: Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he.
1: The disciples rejoined Jesus. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, What do you want? or Why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you not say, Four more months and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor.
0: Many Samaritans believe. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days, and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. I think that's about a perfect place to hit pause. This man really is the Savior of the world I hope you know him personally I hope you have a personal relationship with him and if you don't please open his word and be willing to read and to let the light of the Holy Spirit guide you in your understanding of the truth of his beautiful word and a beautiful relationship with him Rebecca thanks for reading with me
1: thanks for letting me this is
0: great all right we'll take a short break and we'll be right back with lots more back to the show. Always happy and excited when I get a chance to talk to Pastor Adam Weber. He's the lead pastor at Embrace Church in Sioux Falls, and he is an author and a speaker and a podcaster, and he does just about everything. I'm always glad to talk to my friend, Adam. Adam, welcome.
2: Oh, Bill, it's it's a gift and it's an honor. It's a a two-way street, so I'm I'm thrilled and uh, just thankful to have the time with you today.
0: Yeah, technically this would be about the all-star break in baseball. And because we have no baseball this year, you're kind of my all-star show.
2: Oh, how about that? Yeah, that no. That's pretty
0: impressive. You're, you're, who you're need, way up there. Who
2: needs who need the Minnesota Twins when, when the two of us can fill the time?
0: Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And uh, I'm just curious as to how your summer's been going and how the whole uh, COVID-19 is working out for your community there. I know South Dakota is not quite as... Uh, tamped down as we are here in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's been a good summer. Not not taking lightly what's going on around our world and just the heart heartache and hurt, right. Trials. It's actually been a really sweet season for me personally, and as a as a pastor, uh, just like small business owners and different fields as well. There's definitely been times of being discouraged. About every Monday morning, just to be totally transparent, our team's discouraged. And the Sundays looks different than it has in the past. Uh, one, of, one of the pastors on staff told me, he said, it feels like every part of my job that I love has been lost. You know, mm-hmm. just being able to meet with people, connect with people. And so it's definitely been discouraging. And yet, in the midst of it, God is moving in so many wonderful ways. Um, we're, we're continuing to see lives transformed. I think, honestly, maybe even more than pre-virus. I don't know if it's just because it's shaking things up. And people are are just more open to God because of the world's being shook up. Um, But we're seeing God do some amazing things. And so in the midst of being discouraged here and there, it's actually been an exciting season of ministry.
0: You know, I would completely agree. And I think with, you know, there's no precedence for what we're going through and not in our lifetime. I mean, if we have a bad winter storm and we're, and we're indoors for three days, that's one thing, but we've been indoors for four months now, five months, whatever it's been. And, and it is interesting with the loss of connection, that's the same feeling I have. As, as much as I uh, love the time, it has also been difficult not to be connecting with others. Um, more Bible study time, more reading, more praying, all that, which is great. But, hey, I could be, stand to be around some people.
2: Yeah, we, we need other, other people. And so that's, that's looks, that's, it just had to look different. And I think it's taken being really intentional, honestly, because normally it happens. We go to our office, and there are coworkers are. We have these get-togethers, where, whether it's this or that, and it just looks different now. Even if you're with other people, you're separated from them. Yeah. Um, Little league base, Little League Baseball, I started back up here, and yet normally you're sitting in the bleachers together and you're talking, Hey, how's your week going? How's this week going? and yet it, everyone's spread out yeah. even in the stands. And, and so it just looks different.
0: And you're not shaking hands with people and you're not eating out of their popcorn box which you normally do because I've heard about your <laughs> reputation. So we're not we're not doing any of that anymore Adam. So it does feel very different. It
2: does. And and even just you mentioned and touch matters. Like having physical touch with another person even if it's shaking a hand. Yeah. Matters. Right, and so I think re- I think more than ever, just being really intentional of of making time, even if it's different, even if it's parking in a parking lot and open up your trunk and sitting around in a circle in your own separate vehicles. Right, it looks different. It looks different, and yet we need we need to have relationship and connection with other people. And so I I would challenge anybody to get creative, specifically if you feel like you're lonely or even maybe struggle with depression. I, I know for myself, again, early on when we were really shut down here uh, in South Dakota, again, things have lifted a little bit. I really struggled with just not seeing people. I'm like, I need other, other humans. The introverts of the world were maybe rejoicing. But even my wife, who I, is, she would say she's an introvert, even she began to realize, gosh, I need people. And so we just had to get creative.
0: Yeah. Now, there's been sort of an explosion of interest in spiritual things i think there's been uh, more people now than ever before uh, asking questions which is a wonderful thing when it comes to god's kingdom and the gospel and sharing the good news and hope that we have with others because uh, our listenership here at faith radio has kind of exploded
2: yeah i i would absolutely and wholeheartedly agree with that and for all the listeners I, my my challenge would be begin to pray for opportunities to mm. share about Amen. Jesus with people, because you're gonna you're gonna have conversations that you would never otherwise have. I actually there's a business owner here in in Sioux Falls, um, I, he he would be open about saying he's he's an atheist, and um, yet will talk often with me about about Jesus. We actually did again this morning. He saw me pull his car over, and we had a conversation. Um, but throughout the virus, when they shut down their businesses, and right before he reopened his store again, he he saw me stop by, and he said, "Hey, Adam, you know where I'm at, whatever." But I was just wondering, would you be willing to stop and pray over my business before it reopens in two days? <laughs> <laughs> internally, wow. I thought, and, internally, I thought. Internally, I thought. You're not a very good atheist, but I would be honored. I would be, I would be, I would be honored, and it meant so much to him. Yeah. I ended up stopping by the store. I missed him. He actually wasn't at the store when I stopped, so I sat outside in my car out front of his business. I prayed over his business. I prayed over him, and then I wrote down a prayer for him personally. I slid it underneath the door, and you could. the next time I saw him, he was speechless and emotional when saying how much that meant to him. And I just thought, how cool is it? And, and again, not taking lightly what we're walking through. How cool is it that God can use even this to open wide the hearts of people who have maybe never been open to him ever before?
0: Yeah, it's just beautiful. Thank you for that um, story, because people love stories, and they love examples when when someone like you, who's a busy guy, says, look, it, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to write a note. I'm going to slip it under his door and you make the effort and the time, and it does, it creates a huge impact. When Whenever you show kindness towards somebody, people always remember kindness. Always. Always. They may not always. remember a present you buy them for their birthday or Christmas, but they're always going to remember an act of kindness. I don't know what what's about always. kindness.
2: It is. It's. It is. There's something about showing the love of Jesus that will open the heart of any person. I mean, it's just contagious. It's like Okay, now I want to know more about the Jesus that you follow and And I just had a thought this morning I, I just in my own prayer time, um, I, yes, God uses me when I preach um, and yes, like through wh- whatever I do, whether whether it's a podcast, whether it's a book, whatever. Yes, God will use that. but I just tar- I just had this feeling this morning and so this is for anybody because most of the people listening are not pastors. I genuinely believe the greatest impact throughout my life will not be on a stage or in front of a speaker. Instead, it will be the simple acts of kindness with people that I may not even know the names of. And that's what will have the eternal impact is just being Jesus. And then and as a result of those moments, having the other person begin to initiate conversations about Jesus. And that's something we can all do is just intentionally throughout our day, look for opportunities to love somebody, to serve somebody, to show somebody somebody Jesus. Actually, another guy this this morning. So it's kind of random, Bill. I sat every so often, I'll sit a lawn chair up on a street corner at uh, downtown Sioux Falls. And so that's what I was doing this morning. (laughs) And actually a business, (laughs) it's random. It's bizarre. Don't I would encourage nobody else to do it because people will look at you. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting out. I was sitting out there, and a business owner from the church stopped, and uh, he came up to me and he said, um, would you, I, I, "We talked, and at, at the end, I said, Can I can I pray for anything specific?'" And he said, "I just I just want more purpose, mm. and I just feel like my job. I, I want to be used by God, but I just don't know how God could possibly use this." And I just encouraged him. I said, "It may not look any different. Your schedule may be the exact same thing." But I would just maybe encourage you to begin praying that God would give you eyes to see the opportunities that are right, right around you right now. It doesn't mean you have to go on a trip around the world or do some, you know, sell your house and do whatever. It might look exactly the same. But the only difference is the heart that you live the day with of just Jesus. I want to reflect you today. Would you give me opportunities to love somebody? Would you give me opportunities to pray for people, even if they don't know I'm praying for them? Just would you nudge my heart to pray for that coworker, to pray for that neighbor, that God would begin to move in their life?
0: Adam, I think of all the prayers we can pray each day, we can really pray that one with a true sense of expectancy. Because God will most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, answer that prayer that day.
2: He will. (laughs) He will, isn't it? And again, it, it may be the simplest thing. It may be, just like you said, there's something powerful about kindness. It may just be listening to somebody. The, the person who no one else wants to listen to because they're kind of high maintenance. It, it, it might just be as simple as saying, hey, I'm actually going to listen and not just listen and when they're done, then go back to work. I'm going to listen and then ask them another question and listen some more. It might mean that. It might mean helping somebody out financially and just, gosh. There's a need right there, and I can feel it. God will will show up every single time when we begin to pray that prayer.
0: Adam, there's something so powerful about entering into someone else's uh, story. Yes. I know you've got an an upcoming book that we're going to discuss over the rest of the summer called Love Has a Name, Learning to Love the Different, the Difficult, and Everyone Else. So I'm excited to start that series of discussions with you. I think we're going to probably start a little bit uh, next week, but um, let's uh, just do kind of a broad brush stroke of the book today.
2: Yeah, so the book, as you said, is called Love Has a Name, and each chapter is either the name of someone who's loved me or someone that I've tried to love. And really, the the book came from a time, a couple of years ago, I went through one of the hardest seasons of my life, um, just a season of trials, and it was the first time that I really didn't want to love anyone. Mm. Joy and kind of kindness and People in general are my strong suit. Like I've, I've just always had joy. And yet through that time, I really lost all of that. And so really for the first time, it's like, I don't want to love anyone other than my, myself, my family, and maybe a couple of friends. And yet, unfortunately, Jesus says, "Ah, well, loving God and loving others is the most important thing. It's like, oh, shoot, snap. Like, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, like that's, that's maybe important. I should probably do that. And so as I began on this journey of what it looks like to love, I was just challenged. It's like, okay, Jesus, you need to show me how to do this because I do not want to do this myself. Like, you need to show me what love is all about. And so, again, each chapter is the name of someone who's loved me or I've loved them paired with someone similar that Jesus has loved. Wow. And so uh, that's really the overall heartbeat of the book and it's amazing just to see
0: it kind of come to life and come together. I love the concept, Adam. I might even read it.
2: <laughs> well, it's still like my first book. It's got the I have the writing level of roughly a 7th or 8th grader. My first one. And I'll get it.
0: I'll understand it. It'll be perfect. <laughs> right. Um, but when you start to listen to someone's story and you start to let them tell their experiences, it's a minefield for where God can step in and heal and meet needs that maybe have never been met. It's a beautiful thing.
2: Yes, everything begins to change uh, when you know a person's story, both for yourself and also for the other person. For, for yourself, it totally changes when you, uh, when you have an angry neighbor and you're just like, oh, my gosh, anytime I get close to his lawn, he gets all uptight and lets me know about it, it's really, really hard to love that neighbor then. But when you find out that same neighbor lost their wife of uh, 40-some years a couple of summers ago and they were devastated, it totally, it totally changes it. When you, when you hear about someone who maybe is, goes from one guy to the next guy to the next guy, it's hard to, uh, hard, hard to love that person. It's like, gosh, she just goes from one relationship to the next. But it totally changes when you find out that that same woman was abused as a little girl. Right. I all, just, all of a sudden, it's like, man, man now I'm heart yeah, sick for her. I know. I could just break now into tears hearing
0: these stories because it's so true. And it's, it just represents so many people that we encounter every day who need the love and yes. hope of Christ.
2: That's, that's, that's it. So that changes for us, the person loving, but it also changes for the other person. When another person, again, no matter how jaded and angry and grumpy and crabby a person is, when they begin to truly know that another person is interested in them and actually wants to hear what they have to say, I, I think there are so many people who have never been asked, hey, tell me about your mom and dad. Yeah, no hey, kidding.
0: Tell, me about, tell, me,
2: tell me about the things you love tell me about your hometown tell tell me tell me about your 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 son or your daughter like just basic questions when we begin to ask those questions and another person knows like he actually wants to know about me all guards and barriers begin to drop and again that person is curious of like what is different about bill and adam that they're actually interested in me and I have nothing to offer them in return. I know. Like, they're not being nice. They're, they're not asking for money. They're not trying to get a job for me. They just genuinely want to love me. Like, okay, tell me more about who you are and who you follow.
0: Yeah. Pastor Adam Weber is my guest. We're going to take a little break. When we come back from the break, I'm going to ask him for money. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't fair. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> so glad to have Pastor Adam Weber as my guest. Stop laughing. Show some professionalism. How much,
2: how much, how much money do you want? How much money do you want? Let's go.
0: <laughs> I need $72. I need it by 5 o'clock. Perfect. All right.
2: Perfect. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are the best. You need to move the, you need to move the shoe, Paul.
0: I, I know. Just so I could sit you in a lawn to... chair next to you out in the middle of the street. <laughs> Oh, my gosh!
2: And I'm bizarre by the way. I legitimately the last month and a half have been sitting on a lawn chair at different intersections <laughs> of town <laughs> you, you, you can't even believe some of the conversations I have yesterday, the main mortician in town, so it's a funeral home downtown. yeah, he came over he I have a beard and he hadn't seen me since I had my beard and uh, he, <laughs> as he walked up he's like he's like, my friends and I were trying to decide what who who you are and what you're doing. And then I turned and looked at him and he's like, you're the pastor of Embrace. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, he's like, what are you doing out here? He's like, "Do you want a bathroom or coffee? You can come over to funeral home if you want either. And I was like, no, I actually got coffee already. We ended up yakking for 15, 20 minutes. It was awesome. So I'll stop talking.
0: Well, because you had broken patterns. You had change the way that you would normally interact so you've got people's attention because you broke a pattern you're sitting in a lawn chair it's so
2: smart well spectacular and another word for it is bizarre but like Uh. uh it's 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 unbelievable how many conversations i've had and how many people i've gotten to know because of it yeah and i i go out i try to sit in a place that's a little bit tucked back so it's not just right out there okay and just amazing the amount of people who seek me out. I had four different people stop their car and talk to me this morning, not to mention the people who walked past me and just said, hey, how's it going? What are you doing out here? Like, oh, what's fantastic. happening? So,
0: fantastic. 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 You know, I had a thought right before we went to break uh, when you were talking about your feeling like you had an inability to love at the time. Your family, your wife, your kids—that was about it. And I was wondering—you know—you're a person of influence in your community and your church. And do you think that it was that your your you were depressed, or your heart had grown a little cold, or do you think there was some spiritual opposition going on in your world?
2: It was probably a combination of all three things that you just mentioned Okay. combined with just being a little jaded, like if that's okay to say. Yeah. um, I I always used to think, I don't know if I've said this to you before, Bill, in high school I can remember being um, just blown away. I I would see someone who was in their 60s or 70s, and they were just these old, angry people. And I always used to think, at what point do you become like that? Like, cause I couldn't fathom it even, I mean, my life, my life wasn't perfect, but I'm like, gosh, life is so good. I can't even imagine being like that. Now I'm 38 years old and the question is totally reversed. My my question now is how do I get to be 60 or 70 years old and have the softest heart?
0: Oh
1: yeah.
2: The, the, just, just have a heart that assumes the best, a, a heart that is quick to see the good in another person because life takes that out of you. But Jesus, He puts that back in us, and Jesus, He can take the hardest heart, and I don't know if someone's listening right now or you have moments and you see yourself being jaded in that grumpy person, and you just have those glimmers of what's it's just like, God, when did I become this person like when did, I don't I don't even recognize my myself anymore. If that's you, I just want to tell you, we have a God who specializes in bringing dead things back to life. And your soul, like, he, he can make it, he makes us a new creation. And and, and so I don't, I don't care how old you are or even how long you've been following Jesus or you're not following Jesus. If that's you, maybe today it's like, God, would you change my heart? And not only would you change my heart, but would you give me a new heart, a heart that looks like yours? Um, because for me, it's like I cannot love. Again, I could as a young person and before just more and more life set in. But it's like, I need the power of God inside of me to to love people who are hard to love, who are difficult, people I disagree with, people that just kind of annoy me. I don't even know why. They don't even do anything wrong, but they just annoy me. I need the power of Jesus inside of me to be able to do that. So I think there was just so many things that came to a head, just feeling busy. Um, it, it just felt like there was too much in my day, you know, just being hurt by a person or two. like. I just think, I think all of that came together. And really for the first time, it was like, I just don't want to love anybody. And I needed Jesus.
0: I love what you said, Adam, about maintaining and cultivating a soft heart. So your your heart is always soft because, you know, the idea that as you get older and you, sometimes you see these uh, angrier type people, and I'm hopefully not including myself in this group, but you have this, this certain edge, you go, how did you get there? What did you yeah. wake up one day and have it happen, or is it a slow, uh, simmering sort of um, irritation that you had within you that all of a sudden resulted in this crankier old person that nobody wants to be around?
2: Yeah, and I, I think it happens both ways, too. I think sometimes we have those big moments that really take the life out of us. We lose a loved one tragically. Our marriage comes to an end. Mm-hmm. We walk through, We walk through cancer. Some of those we go through a bankruptcy, like some of those big things that we lose a, ch- like just some huge loss that can really pivot somebody as far as like making a, a soft hard hard. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think a lot of people, it's just kind of a slow, steady, gradual process that happens. And and again, to to catch ourselves, just to have those moments where we see that, I even think that's the Holy Spirit just just nudging us of like, hey, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, you don't have to keep walking down this path, but I'm 60 years old. It's too late. No, it's not too late. Like, I, I still am at work in you. I'm still doing something new in you. I have a friend who God is just transforming from the inside out. Uh, he's got to be mid-60s, um, it, just great career person, done very, very well. And every time I talk with him, God has just kind of turned his world upside down. Every time I talk with him, immediately he begins to cry. And he um, he said, I don't know, I don't know why I'm so emotional. Like, I just, I feel like tears are right at the surface, like happy tears, not not sorrowful tears. And I, I, every time, I just, I just feel like, I, I, I just feel like that's just God softening his heart. He, he's making, like, he, he's had a hard heart for years and decades. He's even, my friends even said it about himself. And and God is just softening his heart and. The way I explained it, someone said, hey, I heard God was doing something in this man. And I said, it's almost like talking with a high schooler when you talk with him about Jesus. And and they said, really? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it feels like he's 18 years old whenever you begin to talk about the Lord with him because his heart is so soft. And that same power of God inside of us is available to all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's just asking. Maybe another prayer to add to our day is just, God, would you soften my heart? Would you, would you um, would you just soften this heart of stone? And, and maybe there's there's specific things. God, I'm, I'm bitter. Would you take my bitterness away? Um, I'm grieving. Would you help me to process that grief? I'm jaded. Would you help me to understand what's at the base of that jadedness? Like, what do I need to? Maybe I need to see a Christian counselor to speak, just to process through some of the things that I've I've gone through. It's never too late to have a heart heart softened.
0: Mm-hmm. And we just have a minute or so left, but I'm excited to start talking about your your book in more detail um, next week. Love has a name. Yeah. But the name, I love the fact that it has a name, because names are important. And if we we try to love people and we try to get personal with them to the point where they're going to tell stories to us and they're going to tell us who they are and open up a little bit. We have to know what their names are. And maybe a very simple step we can take today is ask someone their name. So then the next time you see them, you can call them by name, which is the world's greatest magic trick.
2: It is. And uh, I don't care who a person is, they love hearing their name. There's something wonderful about being seen. Uh, whether it's uh, young age, regardless of age, regardless of status, of, of any type of position, like a person's name, it what it says to the other person is, "I see you." Yes, I notice you. Yes, I notice you. And that's true for the for the junior in high school, but it's also true for the executive who maybe feels like they don't have a soul because they just or a workaholic, and it's just like, no, I see you uh, you're a human with a soul and I want to get to know you just, just like, and it's so cool. Cause in that moment we reflect God cause he's the same way. He says, I see your name. I, I know your name and I know your story. And I want to, I want to get to know, know you. And I want for you to know me the same way that I already do know you.
0: Yeah. Just a great point, Adam. And just Great time to connect. I'm looking forward to our, our little mini-series this summer, talking about your book and, and jumping into it every week. It's just going to be enjoyable, and I'm looking forward to it already. Now, in the meantime... I'm, I'm, in the meantime, I'm
2: looking forward to it, too. Yeah. You need to let me know where,
0: where to send the 70, $72. That, dollars that's my that. Yes. Uh, sell it to, send it to Bill, BillNeedsCash.com. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a place right on that website you can send it. All right. Adam, thanks so much for doing the show, and I look forward to uh, talking to you next week can't wait. Uh, Me too. Pastor Adam Weber has been my guest. We're going to talk about his book throughout the summer called Love Has a Name, Learning to Love the Different, the Difficult, and Everyone Else. We'll take a short break and be right back.